When you think of glamorous women, who comes to mind? And in this day with Photoshop and selfie filters, is glamour an unrealistic ideal to achieve? What is the standard now? And what's it doing to our psyche and to that of the younger generation of women? That's the topic of discussion today on the Defining Her Story podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Defining Her Story podcast, where we talk about hot topic issues for women, as well as introducing you to amazing women who are doing awesome things out in the world. So with us today, oh, by the way, we have a sponsor now. Woo! Yay! Um, so I would like to thank uh, Wooshka. Um, they are actually the platform that we use to... Um, host our podcast and, and puts it out there to the world for us. And so they are a fabulous sponsor for Nerdy Girl Success. So we'd like to thank them very much for that. Um, we're just going to go real quick and introduce, um, introduce ourselves. Our topic today is on um, glamour. And I, I thought of like, like who I had on the, on the episode with me today and then thought, then thought about myself and I was like, oh, it's the glam squad and the nerd. So... <laughs> So um, our topic today is on glamour, and so I'm going to have everybody introduce themselves and so that way our audience can understand why it is that um, I have the glam squad on here today talking about glamour. So Melissa, we'll go ahead and start with you. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Melissa Allgood. I am a hairdresser in Houston, Texas, and I've been doing hair for 11 years. I've been working at a vegan salon for about six years now. Um, so all the products, I mean, theoretically you could eat them, although hopefully it never comes to that. And, um, I too, am a nerd. I am the nerd at the salon. Um, I'm the Aveda ambassador there. I love chemistry. So I'm always trying to find a new color formula. And, um, yeah, I just really, I like being a hairdresser because I get people in their most vulnerable sometimes. And then when you turn them around, they look at themselves in the mirror. It's like that aha moment. And that's, that's why you do it, at least for me. Um, and also, you know, all the gifts I get for Christmas, but that too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I love hair and it's been a pleasure. So, yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Amanda. Hi everyone. My name is Amanda Lombardo. I'm a makeup artist. I've been doing this for about six years now and I love getting to meet new people and like Melissa, just kind of helping them understand who they are and, you know, with or without makeup, that's one of my, my specialties is helping people to basically look like themselves just to, you know, with an enhanced beauty, just using their natural features. Um, I'm a mom and a wife. And now I have a fur baby who's a cat and acts like a dog. So that's been, if you hear him in the background, I'm so sorry. He has a little bit of uh, separation anxiety. So I'm not a nerd, but I am an avid reader. Um, and I thank you, Christina, for allowing me to be a part of this, this uh, panel. Hey, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. And Erin, introduce yourself, please. Hi there. I'm Erin Mitchell. I am also known as the Delusionist. I have a photo and video studio in, located in the heart of Haiti and have been doing it more years than I care to admit, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, I have, what makes it a little bit different at my studio is we really celebrate individuality, sensuality, and the freedom of expression. 
So there is no right pose. There is no wrong pose. There is no right look. There's no wrong look. There is just you and who you are right now today, which may be different than tomorrow. And the ability to capture that and reflect that back to anybody who walks in the door, it's, it's I'm living the dream, guys, seriously. Um, it's my privilege to be able to show everybody how I see them and how they want to be viewed, which may be different than how they're viewed any other day of the week or the moment they step outside of my studio doors. So I absolutely love that. I've been doing that again, like I said, for quite a while. Um, I am Houston born and raised and I don't think I could leave because I don't like snow and we proved that about two, day, uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> That that was the nail in the coffin. I am not leaving. I'm not going any further north, maybe further south. Um, but uh, my my real passion is people and is storytelling and is uh, breaking down the barriers to capture what's in your soul and to really continue to put that out into the world because the more we put our soul into the world, the longer we live. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, uh, ladies, I really appreciate you joining us today. And I think the audience can kind of understand now why I brought these three ladies together to talk about glamour. I mean, when you think about glamour, you think and the glam squad, it's somebody who's going to like make you look beautiful. So get my hair all going good, get my makeup all going good, and then photograph me. So that way I look amazing. Um, and then, but I also think that you guys, along with that, have some very unique perspectives and have, I would think too, like with, uh, with your clients have some interesting conversations about um, their perceptions of what glamour is. So that was gonna be the first question that I had for you guys is um, like, how would you define glamour? That's a big one. So it's technically defined in my industry what glamour is. There is glamour photography, and there are very specific things that are, you're supposed to follow as far as lighting and subject matter. Um, I don't follow rules, so <laughs> I'm sure most everybody knows that. Um, so I choose not to follow what glamour says as far as glamour photography. More for me, glamour is more intuitive and inside. It's what makes you, makes your sparkle come out. Glamour tends to be uh, very feminine as far as a word goes. Um, it tends to be very frilly, over the top. It tends to be very beautiful. But the problem is, is how do we define each of those words that also define glamour? Um, so when it comes to glamour, I like to consider it as you over the top you and whichever version you want to give me and that to me is more glamour I feel glamorous when I am over the top and so and that happens a lot <laughs> so to me that would be I would consider any of my work anyways as far as glamour I like over the top uh high maintenance version of me or anybody else <laughs> I like that over the top and high maintenance are like, those are like key words that are in there too, that like that matches in with like my definition of like what glamour is. What about you, Melissa or uh, Amanda? Like, what are you, what are your thoughts on how like glamour is defined? When, oh, whenever I think of glamour, I think of like Grace Kelly or Lana Turner, like something very classic. And that's even like, 
with my clients, I'm very creative with their color. But as far as like the haircut and style, I really, I'm always like, I want like a Meghan Markle look. Like I want you to walk into a room and just feels very effortless, even if your hair is neon green. Like I just want, I want you to feel that vibe. I want you to get the Meghan Markle vibe. Um, so to me, that's glamour, but I don't necessarily see that as like attainable for a normal person, so to speak. Um, but also I think of glamour of like when I have a guest who is just not feeling themselves for whatever reason. And then when they leave, they're like checking themselves out in the mirror, you know, or because uh, the salon I work in is two floors and I work on the top floor. So once I'm done and I've shown them everything, like I'll go downstairs, make sure the paperwork's ready and all that nonsense. But sometimes it takes them a while because they're up there like primping and taking selfies. And especially now with the mask, like I'm noticing people are staying out in their cars longer and taking selfies in the car. Um, so that's how, that's what I think glamor is. I think it's something that you feel. And I mean, in the 11 years I've been doing hair, most of the hottest like women or men like I had this one client and I was like, this man is straight up Eric Bana. Like I wish, you know, he's amazing. But the knockout women that like you do a double take when they enter the room, they're often the most uh, like down on themselves and have the lowest self-esteem. Um, and I think it's almost because they're trying to actually obtain that glamour, you know, and they can't quite reach it because you'll never be, I mean, even the ladies on the cover of Glamour, the magazine, that's not what they look like you know, they've been altered and they've been changed. So any kind of glossy picture that we see, that's not real. Um, so I think that women that maybe try to obtain that and try to live like that, you know, maybe it's hurting them deeper inside. And I try to be like, you know what girl, like if you don't wanna have your hair colored, that's great. You can have your beautiful natural glitter. That's beautiful too. Um, so I always say just whatever, whenever you're most confident, that's when you're your most glamorous, personally. And Amanda, so that's uh, like, one of the things that Melissa was hitting on is like, you know, the, the clients that she has that are the ones that, you know, like people take a double take, like, oh my God, she's so gorgeous. Oh my God, he's so gorgeous. Tend to be the ones that are the most maybe like insecure and are questioning of that glamor. Do you find that since you're working with people's makeup and everything like that, do you, do you find that to be something that's true as well? Uh, sometimes, but I feel that now people are a little more open to vulnerability and you'll see that a lot on, because on social media platforms, you know, some of the people that I follow who consider themselves influencers or micro influencers and that those are people who have like 10,000 or less followers. Um, I like that they, that there is a vulnerability to them and that they will tell people not only like what their skill set is, but also some of the, the things that they have done to get to where they are today. And um, I really like to keep it very positive in my chair because I feel like as I'm doing their makeup and sometimes their uh, hairstyle that you know, it's gonna show on their face and in their photo shoot. That's a lot of times what I'm doing makeup for um, or a special event is I want them to feel alluring or fascinating you know I want them to feel that confidence and I I don't give them you know I don't fill them with fluff I don't say like "Ooh, I like this about you or that like I, I truly find something that's that 
I think is alluring about them or timeless. And a lot of times it's in the beginning of doing their makeup, it's me saying, you know, what, what look are we going for? And usually my clients want kind of a timeless classic look. And, um, but although when it comes to like a hairstyle, they want, they always say, I want that Victoria's Secrets runway look, you know? And I'm just like, okay, you know, it, 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 everybody wants that kind of like long, you know, big curls, just it's, it's very interesting that most women say that and they always um, use that as a ref point of reference. Um, but again, to your question, I feel like some women, we all have something that we might be insecure about. And again, I try to come in with the tone of you're gonna rock this look, you're, you're gorgeous and just kind of help I'm hoping that um, that they'll feel that from me, that they'll feel that positivity and and feel my energy as you know, I'm confident about how they're gonna look at the end of the makeup session, but also going by what I'm working with. So do you guys feel like um, the 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 thoughts that you have about like with glamour and everything like that, do you feel that um, some of that is maybe fighting up against um, society's definition of what glamour is? Because um, like for me, um, first of all, I would be like your worst nightmare, I think, to sit down and either like Melissa or Amanda's chair, like your worst nightmare ever, because like, you know, what look are you looking for? What kind of, make me look pretty. I mean, like that's, <laughs> like that's my whole like Make me look glamorous. Like that's what I want, you know? And like, um, so I just kind of think of like the, the things that are put in front of us as the standard for glamour. Um, how do you feel like you're, you're fighting, like, or do you even feel like you're fighting against it? Like, I don't care, I ignore it and so do my clients or do you feel like there is something that is um, not an alignment there? I, yeah. Oh. Okay, I have to say, sometimes people will bring me a printout. Like I literally have clients who will bring me a printout of something that they like, and it's usually an actress um, or a major, again, influencer. That's the biggest thing for me. And I love just kind of going and showing them how everything has just been chiseled out through contouring and also through editing, that that's not really their face. And I actually keep a book of non-edited photos of these women to show them they have pores just like us. They might, you know, they have shine where, you know, on, in places and, and, and wrinkles and they're really surprised. And I just feel like a lot of times when pre people bring that to me or email me those photos, I, I just love it because it's an opportunity to let them know, like, they don't look like this in real life. Um, and it, I hope that that would help them to feel a little bit better. I know I would too. Like, I mean, you were talking about like the, the whole like comparison pictures, which I think is amazing because like, I was, I don't even remember what it was that I was watching the other day, but like literally like the triangle of the dark color here and the little dot of the pink here. And then this, I'm like, she looked like an, like once she got it all blended, it didn't look like an entirely different person. You know, I mean, it was just, so I think that's really cool to, to be able to show like, this is the picture that I'm bringing in. Like, I want to look like Posh Spice. And, <laughs> you know, and, 
you know, just like, well, this is what pot spice really looks like, you know, probably Victoria Beckham looks like amazing all the time, but bad example. But anyways, you're like, you know what I mean? Like, and so like, I would think too, like Melissa, like you would have the same kind of thing coming in. I'm like, here's the yeah. hairstyle I want. And like, yeah, no, that's not going to look glamorous on you. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the issue I'll have is someone will, it's actually becoming uh, an, an issue now because texture people are really like perms are coming back and big curls um just like amanda was saying like that is very much you know in vogue like it was in the 80s um but i'm having people bring me pictures of hair that i know is straight like my hair and it was curled it wasn't like your hair christina you know what i'm saying so i'm like okay well you want natural waves but what you're showing me is not natural waves so you do have to have that conversation and I think also I have people that I had a guest that she really loved Hope Hicks's hair okay and she asked me she's like why does she always look phenomenal no matter where she is and I said because she has someone like me standing behind her like she does not wake up and look like that um and then also for me the Kardashians are always coming up as hair idols um and even Jennifer Aniston still um, I still get, yeah, I still get picture, people that want Jennifer Aniston's hair. And for Jennifer Aniston in particular, her hair color is formulated in such a way and applied in such a way that it does hit those high points on her face. So that, her, Chris McMillan, her hairdresser literally made that to only fit her. So you can apply hair color to work like makeup where it'll make your cheekbones pop if you have those highlights right there. Because also Amanda mentioned the uh, Victoria's Secret models. I pretty much any Victoria's Secret model, like Adriana Lima is the most famous. I would think for her hair, it's that same color technique where they literally make it where her cheekbones pop and her jaw looks just perfect. It's the way they apply her color. And for some people I say, hey, if I was able to do that on the reg, like honestly, no offense, I wouldn't work in Houston. You know, I'd be working, I'd be working with Jenna Brandon if I could just do that. Um, <laughs> But also I've gone to conferences and heard um, J-Lo's hairdresser and Kim Kardashian's hairdresser say, those women don't leave the house to go to the supermarket without calling me first. Um, Kim Kardashian's hairdresser in particular, he says he'll spend 12, 15 hours on one wig and she'll call and say, I'm leaving the house, please come apply my wig. And he says, I have 15 minutes to put on her wig and there she goes. Um, that particular hairdresser also worked with Christina Aguilera and she was on The Voice and apparently whatever wig she had wasn't working. And he had been working on a wig for 20 hours. And she said, no, you have five minutes to get here and put it on my head. So he was literally applying this wig to Christina Aguilera's head as she was walking out to go film The Voice. So, you know, there are people like the three of us that spend hours and hours and hours behind the scenes. And pretty much everyone that you see on television, um, you know, in the movies, even on the red carpet, that's not real. And one of my favorite games to play with my husband is, I'll say that person's wearing a wig or that's weave. Like, I know that's not their real hair because of the way it moves. And my husband's always like trying to he'll look it up and everything. He's like, oh my gosh, you're right. Um, Cause like, I love the queen's gambit, but I was like the whole time I was like, oh my gosh, her wig like needs to be set. So, uh, that was it, a wig? It, yes, that is a wig. That was a wig. So, um, I mean, it's perfect. I mean, just like Christina, you had no idea. That's the whole point is I see, you know, just like the other ladies here, you see the, you know, you see the wizard behind the, the man behind. The 
Okay, so here's my thing. So like, and like Aaron, like, and yours, like, I'm just wondering, like, how many women, because I know, like, uh, we have not done like nearly the amount of photography that you do. And your work is amazing. But I mean, like, I know how many times like we did photography, and we had people like, can you airbrush me to look like 20 pounds thinner and like 10 years younger? Like, how often do you get asked like to airbrush all the imperfections away? Um, I do take a different approach than I would say a good majority of photographers. Um, I know I, I teeter the line between who you are and who you want to be in a lot of ways. Um, I've got people who want to be mermaids. Cool. I can make you a mermaid. I'm sure that if that's your inner soul, let's go ahead and make you a mermaid at the same time. If you want to be, you know, four sizes smaller, because that's who you feel more comfortable as I walk the line of absolute, I will make you look your absolute best on your best day. I will absolutely nip and tuck when needed, because let's be real, a single frame does not capture the fluidity of a person. We look completely different, constantly moving, constantly catching different light, having different shadows, as opposed to just a perfect still image. You're not going to have every single body part of you looking flattering. I am 100% for if you would like to look, you know, if you would like to have little plumping up here and slimming down here, I will do that for you, honey. But that's because we will have a conversation much before we have the shoot about how amazing you are as a person right now and what is the reasoning why you may want to have some different looks in your imagery. If it's simply because, well, I think I just look ugly and I just want to look different, let's talk about why we're doing this photo shoot in the first place. If that's how you feel and that's how your soul is and I need to just nip and tuck and put some things here and there, I am completely uh, supportive of that. <laughs> um, so I know for a lot of photographers, they're very much, um, no, who you are is perfect and I won't ever touch that. Honey, I would love to be touched up. Touch me the heck up. Um, and it's because people come to me for that. And it's not because they're insecure with their looks necessarily. It's because we want to have that moment of dress up or, you know, we want to have our magazine cover. Guess what? Those magazine covers aren't real. How am I going to give you your magazine cover if I have to be a hundred percent real, I mean, their clothes are tailor made. They are, everything is all unbelievably the time that goes into it. I don't have the time for that. I Photoshop. <laughs> um, so it kind of, it goes all over the realm with it. And it's funny. I didn't even think about this. Christina, I don't know if you know, I also do this with my business. I curate social media for VIPs and other people who I am not allowed to name in any way, shape, or form. I actually Photoshop the bejesus out of selfies and everything else before it ever makes it to other people's feeds. So when you're looking, flipping through, you know, important people's Instagrams and you're like, wow, how do they look that good? They're just, they're fishing. How do they look that good? It's probably me or somebody like me. So it's kind of funny how how well that ties into this topic too, that it's not real, but I don't have any problems with doing it because I, I can firmly have these discussions with what is your brand? Is your brand looking something different than your body looks now? I'm okay with this. I will, you know, it's not because I'm not okay with how a person looks at the time. 
but there are other conversations that can lead to it. I'm wearing a wig right now and <laughs> I have no problem with my real hair. It's purple and blue, but it looked better with my outfit to have it pink. So I don't care if people want to change their bodies for, you know, the look that they want to go for for that day, for that photo shoot, or even for their social media type things. So I really, I think I'm, I have a very unique view when it comes to that with a, a lot of photographers, but I completely stand behind that. So, but here's a, so here's a question that I have um, for, for all of you, because it's kind of like, we're in this realm of like right now, like it's really popular um, to have the body, you know, to talk about body positivity. And we've got lots of women and models and influencers and things like that are like all the body positivity thing. So you've got, because I'm, I'm thinking of like the young women that I work with. So they've got influencers that are in front of them who are talking about body positivity at the same time that possibly even that person talking about body positivity, plus all these other celebrities that they see doing filters and the wigs and the all of the and the tailored clothes and the haircut and the hair color that's like going to do all of the stuff that literally is completely and totally unattainable for the young women um how do we like how do they navigate these waters of like being able to feel like um they're okay you know, like I, because I know like Aaron, you're raising uh, two daughters. So it's kind of like, how do we, you know, how do we help them realize like, really is this is fake. And, and you know, I'm also kind of like the, it's being perpetuated. This whole idea of, of the glamour and the, and the unattainable is being perpetuated by like, you know, like I've got to have the perfect nod just in your wig, by the way, it's totally cute. Um, and I've gotten like hair pieces and stuff like those Juva Bun things. Oh my God. Hey, Juva Bun, feel free to be a, a sponsor and like send me free stuff. <laughs> those are amazing. You know, like that kind of stuff or whatever. So it's like, how do we get them to, I don't know. Like, it's just, for me, it's very, um, I get very antsy about it. Cause it's like, how, how do we help them navigate these waters and, and really understanding the, the minutia of everything. So I'm going to throw that out there to you and all that muddiness. Well, as you mentioned, I do have two daughters. One's a teenager and, and one is uh, just three. So <laughs> I've got a whole new journey ahead of me with that one. Um, but, and especially with my teen, she comes to me, you know, comes with me to a lot of my photo shoots. She has seen a whole lot. I mean, uh, ever for, from a very young age, um, but she also sees the behind the scenes. So she sees what we're actually doing. She sees what I do on the computer and she sees the end result. And she knows, you know, that there's a lot of work that goes into it. With some of my sessions, people can look much different than they ever did while they were on set. In some of my sessions, it's 100% wrong what you see is what you get. Um, the way I like to kind of describe it is, uh, I mean, kind of going back with, with my wig. Today, I wanted to have pink hair and I want to rock the pink hair. And to me, um, all the photoshopping, all of the filters and everything. To me, that's just a new fun accessory. It's a digital accessory that you can choose to rock if you want to. And it's 100% okay if you want to. And it's 100% okay if you don't want to. And it's such a weird thing because I'm very much of a, uh, authenticity is so important to me, which is weird 
based on what I do. Um, and we could talk about that forever, but uh, authenticity is very important to me and especially imagery for young people and especially young women. Like you're not going to look like that supermodel sitting on the magazine. But I think one of the reasons I do what I do is because I said, you can't, sure. You can have a day where you do look like that, but you're going to understand all of the work that goes behind it and all of the things that, you know, takes it to that level because then you know it's not reality. It's fun. It's like playing dress up. Do you wear a ball gown out to go shopping? Sometimes I do. But for the most part, you don't, right? Not normal people don't, just people like me. And so, but if you want to, that's your filter. That's your real life filter. If you want to be glamorous and you want to pretend that, you know, you're whatever you want, do it, baby. And so I kind of pushed that aspect of it of, hey, you want to put a filter and look like something different? Your eyeballs are this big and you're all like, cool, because you're going to look back in three years and be like, <laughs> what was I thinking? Because we all do that. I'll look back and be like, well, that was a really messed up wig. I should really invest in some better hair. We all grow and we all change. So I like to enforce the idea behind it of, yes, you can have fun with it, but it is fun and just understand that there is reality behind it. And everybody has the reality behind it. Everybody has their skeletons. You know, yes, money does buy beauty sometimes. Money does buy the plastic surgery. Money does buy the best of a lot of things. But it also buys, you know, your handbags that are not really attainable to you or the vehicles that are not uh, always attainable to you. And so if you kind of bring it along that aspect, I feel like it brings it a little bit more down to earth and it makes it more of a fun thing and a fantasy thing. If you want to cosplay your super awesome favorite comic book player, do it because that can be your real life filter too. And so that's kind of how I, how I kind of uh, bring it back home and make it real. Can I say, Christina, that a lot of brands now will kind of throw their consumers a bone and try to act like, oh, hey, you know, we are our people. They'll like, since for instance, L'Oreal, like if they do their products, is that okay if I mention a product? Which well, I don't care. Okay. Um, so L'Oreal will often showcase, <laughs> showcase like, you know, Halle Berry or the, you know, the it models of the, of the nineties, you know, the, the, the top models of the nineties and they'll show them now and they won't touch up around the eye area. Like they'll show them kind of aging gracefully. And it, and it really is, it's, it's a whole psychological uh, mind, you know, it's, it's not good. You know, the, the word I want to use because they're, they're showing people like, hey, these women are just like you. They're aging gracefully and this is what they use. Um, and then they'll, they'll show the crow's feet, right? And then there's other um, influencers and people on social media who will you know, do a side profile and show maybe like um, their what we call, you know, tiger stripes, right? Like they'll show stretch marks on the buttocks or, um, excuse me, like even here to show like, I'm approachable, I'm just like you. Um, and it's really interesting because, you know, most, I'd say 90% of the time they are filtering and people love that. They like, you know, pretty things and, it, and it's, it's great to look at. And I feel, 
Like it's not so much of a bad thing when you actually know like, hey, you can filter this out. But yes, they also do have stretch marks in places that I have stretch marks in or, you know, they're relatable and approachable. So um, you'll see a lot of that going on as well. And I, I, I hope that most young women will understand that Yes, um, there are filters and they do know. Um, I feel like the consumer is a lot smarter now and that teenagers are much smarter than I ever was at that age. Um, but I wanted to tell you too, like even for my son, you know, I've gained weight since COVID um, and he loves to take my belly and squish it. And he's like, this is such a great place to be. And I'm like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's great. Um, but I'm always very mindful of how I talk about myself because I don't want him to think he can talk to other women like that or, hear those self-deprecating thoughts and even you know on days I'll go out without makeup a lot of times um, um but it, it's 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 one of those things it's up to us to kind of to educate our our future you know the youth um up to right now and to let them know but there's so many different social media platforms right now that actually show you how to filter how to do things and how to pose Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing right now, how to pose to look figure flattering, um, getting light, things like that. So a lot there, the, our kids are a lot smarter these days. For sure. I know like I posted that picture on Facebook the other day and I'm like, where the F's the filter that gets away my double chin. And Shelly was like, stick that chin out there. <laughs> or you wear a mask. That's my, been my favorite thing. <laughs> That the masks have been one of that has been a good thing because I have not been wearing any makeup. Although I do have some because I love to wear lipstick. I have some that are stained with lipstick because I'll wear it even though I'm wearing a mask. I'll wear it to work anyway. Um, but as far as like, I mean, I don't have any children, but I can only speak to the guests that I have in my chair, which some, I mean, some are as young as 13. Um, and then it usually is like a special event if someone's bringing in their 16 year old daughter to like get neon blue hair I've, I've had that a couple times um but I can only I guess lead by example in a way because even though I do consider myself a woman and she and that's my pronoun um I do really kind of gender bend and like I mean the side of my head is shaved I had a mohawk before this and I do get clients that are often like what does your husband think about that and I'm like I don't really care what he thinks about that because he's not doing my hair and and my husband's also colorblind, so I don't really trust him with color anyway. Um, but I mean, I'll have moments where I do wear a really fancy dress to work, but I also have moments where I'll wear combat boots and ripped jeans because I work at kind of an edgier salon, so you can do that. Um, and also what Aaron was saying, I actually do cosplay. Um, I'm a published author, so sometimes I'll go to Comic Paloozas and sell my books and I'll, I mean, I've had long, I mean, wigs just as long as Aaron's um to wear but I've also been Louise from Bob's Burgers and um you know I did I do plan on being Jughead you know because I am a Riverdale fan it's kind of a guilty pleasure I'm so sorry um but <laughs> you apologize yeah I'm so sorry but uh I talked to one of my guests about it was last year for Comic Palooza which got canceled but I was a little nervous about being Jughead because I'm like obviously I'm a woman and I don't want to like impede on someone's you know whatever any I don't want to tread on anyone's feet um 
and she was like, you know, cosplay is literally plain dress up. So if you want to be a Tinkerbell, go ahead and do it. And that's when I was, and I just released myself. Um, and I feel like, you know, just releasing yourself every day of what preconceived notion you have. Um, especially because that's when you're your most beautiful, when you can accept yourself for whoever you are. And I mean, I've accepted myself as when me and my husband are going out places, he's like, what should I wear? I'm like, I don't care because no one's looking at you. Everyone's looking at me because um, I am a Leo. So I do kind of think that. So, I mean, I feel like whenever you're, you're, you are your most confident, that's when you're your most glamorous, your most beautiful. And I mean, I had a pair of sisters and they came in on Friday who could not be more different. And one of them wanted just some real basic highlights. And she's like, barely blow dry my hair. I could care less. I want to leave. I'm done. And the, and the other one, we were doing this beautiful blunt bob. And she wanted her fringe color just so to match some a comic book character. And it was a whole, it was a whole event. She had her purse. So they were twins, you know, and they were both so beautiful and so glamorous in their own way. It's just that thankfully they were even at 13 able to be like you know what like I don't want to spend all day at the hair salon with Mel she's fun but I'm done and the other one's like let's be here for six hours so it's all about finding who you are deep within and just embracing that and uh just like if you were in my hair chair Christina and you were like do whatever just make me feel pretty I'd be like well can we do a green mohawk because that might be pretty to you so it's you always try to gauge that with your clients and also yeah within yourself every day so you hit on something that um, I wonder if this um, is breaking down that whole glamour thing or whatever for, for our young adults, because um, the whole conversation behind like, what's the difference between like the sex that you're born with and what your gender is, you know? And so having that, you know, all the different, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, my pronouns are she, her, hers, or they, them, theirs. Um, I'm fluid. I'm non-binary. So like, so do you think that maybe that um, kind of shift that we're having um, and that conversation that we're having is having an impact on what like flies as acceptable in glamour? What do you guys think? I, I do. I actually have um, I don't want to put too many people on blast or whatever, but I do have several guests that are teenage girls that do consider themselves uh, bisexual or fluid or pansexual. Um, and it seems to almost not be, I know when I was in high school back in the 2000s, like that would have been like a huge freaking deal. So now it seems like a really not, not as much of a big deal. And I really, I, I do agree that that is, I think, changing the way people see beauty. Um, I can't necessarily think of like an actor's name or anything, but, um, oh, Lorraine, L Lorraine Cox, you know, like, uh, from Orange is the New Black. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, lots of different people, you know, see themselves different ways. And I think that's beautiful. And I do think that since younger people are seeing those different things, they are, you know, changing how they see glamour. You ladies agree? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, I think, uh, you know, in my studio, I concentrate on your soul. Guess what? Your soul doesn't have genitalia. I, <laughs> so it really does not matter to me what's under the hood, what was under the hood, or what's going to be under the hood. Um, it makes no difference because each soul is beautiful. And what makes you feel good and what makes you feel over the top or makes you feel have that glamorous, you know, exuberance that you are putting out is different for everybody. So uh, I really embrace that a hundred percent in the studio, but also like, thank goodness, you know, I've got a pretty strong brand. Most people who walk in the studio also embrace that as well. And so it's a very good understanding of, you know, flowers, guess what? Flowers don't have genitalia either. They are not just for boys or just for girls, or there's no colors that are one or the other. It does not matter. Whatever you want to do and whoever you want to be, that's who I'm going, that's what I'm going to give you. And so whatever you're putting out to me, I'm going to reflect that back to you. And so I don't even make the rules. <laughs> I don't make the poses. I don't make the sets. I talk with you. And we do that together. So once I kind of realized what it is that makes your eyes sparkle and what it is that you feel more confident because you started talking like this when you started talking about it, those are the things I'm going to pull out of you. And it really, it, there is no, there is no rules. <laughs> There's no rules at the studio. So whatever that makes you feel good, if you want to get in a big old bathtub full of milk and some Lucky Charms, we're going to do that. <laughs> and that's going to be your glamour. And we have done that. <laughs> You know, um, whatever it is that you want to be. And I think that's why my take on the nipping and tucking is a little different because everything that I do is unrealistic. Okay, not everything. I do do a lot of realism portraits, but those are agreed upon. <laughs> but my brand is very unrealistic. I bend reality. And so it means anything. Do you want to look like an avatar and have blue skin and little lighty up things? We're going to do that. How could I tell you that you feel great about having blue skin, but I don't really want to nip in your side a little bit. Um, so to me, there's a conflict there. And I think the fact that everybody is more, more people are more accepting of less traditional imagery and less traditional labels not everybody, but we're, mm -hmm. we're trying, um, <laughs> that, that has absolutely helped because I could guarantee you the majority of images that I put out would have put me in, you know, put me in the corner 10, 20 years ago. Um, and it still does. I still get a lot of flack and I still get a lot of people canceling me. Um, and I'm okay with that. That means I'm doing something right and I'm making progress and moving forward. And so the progress that we've had thus far, uh, while great is still minimal with what we still have to go. So I think that's a huge aspect of it that we are seeing the behind the scenes of everything. We're seeing the behind the scenes of people going on their journeys. Um, I have had the privilege of doing coming out photos for um, people who are transgender, which is amazing. I get to capture the real them for the first time and those things are great. And yes, do I have a lot of people in following me for those things? Absolutely. But good, I didn't want you anyway. I don't want your money and I don't want your support. So now that we've got the social media and we've got more of these images and we've got more ways to put our story out there, more people can look at it and say, maybe we're not all quite so different. Maybe I feel, you know, more comfortable as a B or C. And maybe that just means in different clothing and that's okay. 
If you feel more comfortable, you know, in jeans and a tee, that's just as okay as feeling as comfortable in a fur coat and talking to everybody like darling. (laughs) (laughs) All of those things are okay. And our social media and everything, I think really helps portray that because you can see the real person, but you can also see some of the people they like to be on the side as well. Very cool. Um, so one question that I do have, because I know that like, um, I feel like, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like a lot of times that there is still this, this societal definition of, of glamour and of, that's, you've got the perfect hair, you've got the perfect makeup, um, everything like that, your perfect body type and all of that. So my question to you guys now is, um, and I think that we are uh, kind of breaking that down, but that's still remaining and I'm losing my thought of what my, oh no, here's my question. Sorry, just brain fart. Um, is that, that seems to be though pushed more on, do you think that it's pushed more onto women um, and those identifying as women versus men, you know, or do men have their own, like, is it, you know, like their own, like kind of glamour that's posed onto them? Like, what do you think? Is it, is it, tipping towards more one than the other or no it seems to be pretty much even or what do you guys think I think it's only pushed towards women more right now because women tend to be the biggest shoppers and it's about money um I think if uh the numbers showed that men were doing more of the shopping and more of the buying that it would be pushed more towards men but I absolutely think that there's just as much um societal stigmas on men as well like and that's not even being broached because I feel like you know that we're still working on women right now and we'll work on men too (laughs) um but you know there are absolutely you know just as many standards on men I just don't feel like it's as monetarily motivated because men aren't doing as much of the shopping I bet if you broke it down and had numbers that women would spend, you know, so much money a year on beauty products, on any kind of surgery, facials, anything that helps their image. And it would be significantly higher than what a man would be paying for. And so I think that's really the main reason why it's pushed, because really, I believe it's all about money at this point. If you don't feel satisfied with yourself, then I can sell you something that will make you feel better about yourself, but only temporary. And then you have to buy some more. But see, but hold on. Because like, is that the chicken before the egg? Like which came first? Because it's kind of like, but women are having to go out and buy these products and things like that because of the societal pressures of looking glamorous. Whereas guys with the pot belly and the balding and stuff like that, well, that's, that's- distinguished and everything like that. Well, I don't got to do shit because I don't buy anything because hey society says this is okay and I look great with it so do you think it's like a a vicious cycle or what do you guys think I actually kind of think that well I I have met I have I do men's hair as well as women's hair so I actually kind of agree with Erin up until a point um because I do have men one-on-one and I've had them you know I've had these guests for I mean, some six, seven, eight years. So I can, I can say that I feel like men are just as uh, obsessed with looking away because if I have one more guy, I mean, I love seeing the picture of Ryan Reynolds, but if I have one more guy me a picture of Ryan Reynolds and they're like, I want to wake up and look like this. And I'm like, you know, if I could do that again, I would not work in Houston. I would not probably be in the United States. You know, I'd have a whole nother life. 
Um, and also, I mean, this is a story that I've, I've, I tell people when, whenever clients like, what's the craziest thing a client's ever told you? Cause it is common for, uh, at least for me, for the wife or mother to bring in the child or the husband and be like, Hey, this is kind of the look I'm going for, you know, peace out. I'll pay for it later. Um, but probably, and I have had wives come in and be like, please cut my husband's hair like this. And I'm like, I don't care. I'll, whatever. Um, my general sense is whoever's in my chair, I'm going to cater to their needs, you know, and that's kind of how I roll. But I did have this woman and she was gorgeous. Um, but her husband wasn't like hideous, but she, when he sat down in my chair before I even knew his name or her name or anything, she said, how can you make my husband look more attractive? And that's how she began the consultation with me. Um, I do have men that are constantly worried about, um, you know, going bald. I do have men in my chair that have plugs and the first time they meet me, they'll be like, can you tell? And I'm like, well, I'm like an inch away from your head. So yes, but in a general sense, you're over six feet tall. So most people won't notice. Um, but I mean, I have people with birthmarks on their head and uh, scars and all sorts of things. And men are shockingly very attuned to how that's perceived. But it also might be that I work in downtown Houston. Um, so I do tend to get a clientele that, you know, is in their 30s, 40s. Um, so I have some men in their 50s and they're coloring their hair because they're like, hey, you know, spoiler alert, job market isn't too good. I'm competing against 25 year olds that are fresh out of grad school. So I have to compete with someone new and fresh. Um, so I do definitely agree with Aaron that everywhere you look, it's a beautiful white woman with her gorgeous hair and that's all you see. I totally agree with that. But there is something with, with men too, I do believe. Um, because I mean, it's just, again, I love seeing the pictures of Ryan Reynolds, but I get it a lot. Um, or Josh Brolin, you know, um, those are some recent ones I've been seeing. Um, or Chris Pine. I didn't even know who Chris Pine was, honestly. Sorry, not a Captain America fan. Sorry, I apologize. I know I'm getting canceled right now for that. But um, but yeah, so, and these men, they want to, they don't understand that it takes all that work because I'll turn to one of my coworkers and be like, hey, Steven, like, how long did it take you to get your hair to look like that? And he's like, oh, 45 minutes. And the man in my chair is like, well, I'm giving it too. I'm like, well, then you'll never, ever look like Chris Pine or Ryan Reynolds because they have someone like me going to their house at the very least, you know, or when she's done with Blake Lively, she'll go, you know, take care of Ryan Reynolds. So I, I do see that in my chair. Um, but then again, it might be just the demographic of people I'm working with. And also I do have a lot of men in the gay community and my God, that's, I think just as vicious sometimes as, you know, ladies on ladies when they're competing for a guy, I really feel like the gay community, it's, you know, I'm young, I'm fit, you know, I look a certain way, designer, everything, at least in the, the people that come into my chair and are kind of in my avenue as far as the hair world. Um, Cause even my coworkers, you know, I work, I mean, statistically most of the men I work with are homosexual. And let me tell you, I have a lot of them that are like, why aren't you wearing high heels to work? And why on earth are you wearing shredded jeans? It, it's definitely, they even want us to be that 1950s Judy Jetson kind of ideal. Um, and then they want to have, you know, their perfect Versace look as well. So, um, but yeah, so 
I think men and women are kind of both screwed. <laughs> but it's all about it's all about turning that off and being like, what makes me happy? Just like Aaron was saying, if you want to be in a bathtub full of lucky charms, which I must admit sounds amazing, then do that. So that's basically the bottom line. Amanda, what about you? Like, um, I know that probably predominantly you have women in your chair, but like, I know that you've helped out with, you know, photo shoots and stuff like that for headshots with men and stuff like that. So do you find that they have any kind of insecurities or anything like that? Oh yeah. I mean, so I do a lot of corporate headshots and it's usually just kind of makeup touch-ups and, um, but, but they do always ask if I can add a little something up here, some color, like I usually have topics in my, my bag, which I don't like to use, but, um, they will, they'll ask me if I can kind of cover up the bald spot or maybe, um, there's a lot of men with beards now and there's a lot of, um, beard products, uh, oil, for the beards and things like that and there are you know my husband for example he's bald and so we tried to grow out his hair once and he looked like a like a baby bird I mean it was just like little down and I thought well you know I said it, it's okay you know you don't don't grow it out it's fine and it was just the funniest thing and it was red too oh. um but his his friends they 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 give him flack about it. They're like you know there are a lot of people who will kind of make fun of bald men. Like it's and, and it's interesting to me um, that people will kind of put value on a man um, whether they not they, whether they have hair or not. I don't know Melissa if you've ever encountered that or Aaron. Um, like people you'll you'll see them say things about men well at least I have hair things like that and I think wow that's um you know below the belt um so I but it's usually like that when men sit in my chair it's you know they don't uh they they just kind of they'll they'll make a few jokes about themselves but it, it's almost like they really don't care but I know that there's a lot of men's skincare out there. Um, I, I do have a lot of friends in the gay community. And, and like Melissa was saying, um, if I come in and my makeup isn't like color-coded, if I'm wearing like a cool here and a warm there, they're like, like um, you can't go with us. You can't sit at the table. <laughs> um, you know, I just, it, it's funny. Um, but yeah, again, with your question, it's, it's mainly the hair that men will, will talk about, um, if I can add a little bit in their photos. Um, interesting because I mean, yeah. you see like, you know, some, uh, really well-known mm -hmm. actors and things like that who, you know, are, um, bald. Yeah. Like Vin Diesel. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of like, so mm -hmm. I would have thought like being bald would be like, cool for guys because like hey look I'm bald like Vin Diesel you know um kind of things so that's interesting that you know they're they're sobbing. although I mean you see the like the the keeps for men who's got the whole like bald thing oh, I don't have to wear my baseball cap anymore yeah whatever. it's like I I think that it's a very distinguished look for men if they want to you know they can rock a bald head it, and it, then, then go for it you know I just I've only known my husband to be bald um, until the time we tried to grow out his hair, which was a complete disaster. Well, he um, really appreciates you talking about it on this podcast. Too. <laughs> yeah, he won't care. Um, but it, but I will tell you this much: as far as dressing, you know, he has um, lost 
over 40 pounds in the last two years and he's kept it off. And I noticed that he started buying clothing that was a little more fitted and he felt better about himself and he was walking a little taller. And I, I really loved that because um, it was fun to go shopping with him. It was, it was fun to, you know, get into skincare with him. He's going to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) First it was maybe Tufts here and now it's a skincare. (laughs) Right. Um, But it's, it's fun. I think men do enjoy those kinds of things and it's, they don't want to admit it, but you know, I I think that they do enjoy being pampered and feeling, feeling good in in a sense, or even, you know, being alluring to a, to a point. (laughs) And I think that I think that right there speaks to the like what Aaron was talking about with within glamour. And so for those that are of us, blah, blah, blah. wow, tongue tied. I promise I haven't been drinking today. Um, for those who are listening to the episode, like what I'd really hope that we would all kind of walk away with is that um, the glamour is more internal and what really kind of makes you do that sit up, feel good, have that good posture, have that confidence because that is what's going to come across as being glamorous to those people who are looking at you. And that's what um, really helps draw people to you is, is having that confidence. And so um, shedding any kind of fear that you have about presenting yourself uh, to the world that way. Um, and I think that each one of you ladies does an amazing job at working with your clients to helping them express that and to feel that and to be able to walk out every day and and doing that. So thank you so much for um, being with me today and and talking about Glamour and being my personal little glam squad today via Zoom. (laughs) Today, I don't look like this any other day. (laughs) Oh, that's not true because I saw you the other day um, take a picture like was during the during the winter storm, although it might have been a photo that you reused or whatever that had your Elsa wig on. And I was oh yeah, that was old. That was like six months old. (laughs) (laughs) Had I not been in a meeting prior to this, I would have had my little again, shameless plug juva bun in like I was gonna have my little juva bun in I was gonna have like my little Madison braid and big earrings and glam- like I was gonna like glam it up because that to me is like it's glamorous like when my hair is pulled back and you know it's all fancy <laughs> see glamour isn't real glamour takes work and that's why it's rare <laughs> <laughs> glamour takes work what's the yeah. thing it's beauty to, it's uh painful to be beautiful yes isn't that terrible Beaut- and it's yeah <laughs> Because whenever I have a young, whenever I have a young guest in my chair, especially when I was cutting like little kids' hair, and they're like, "Ow, this hurts," I'm like, first off, I didn't even touch you." But second off, I mean, yeah, beauty, pain, and that's why I learned something in 2020. I was like, you know what? If it doesn't make me feel good, I'm not gonna do it. So that's why Mama just wears lipstick, and I do it for myself. So, I mean, that's, and I feel good about it. So, yeah. Awesome. And that's all that matters is feeling good about it. Well, ladies, thank you so much again for, uh, for joining me on the podcast to our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to rate and review us. We would really appreciate that. You guys have an amazing day and talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the defining her story podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so that we can be found by more amazing people just like you. 
If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or an amazing woman you think we should have on the show, let us know. Text us at 954-NERDGIRL. That's 954-637-3475. You can head over to nerdygirlsuccess.com to see what events we have coming up and how you can get more involved and bring the latest articles, events, episodes, and news right to your phone by downloading our mobile app, which is available on iPhone and Android. Thank you to our sponsors, Red Rex and Wushka for being supporters of our podcast and organization. Music for this podcast has been provided by bensounds.com.